0: Lot Talk Radio.
1: The lights in the skies broadcasting lies billions of people Cameras on the streets tracking who we meet and call this liberty we
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Rifleman Radio Show. I want to thank everybody for uh, listening tonight. We've jumped straight to uh, past part of the food prep stuff. We'll have those guys on uh, next week. To uh, the part of survival and prep that everybody usually jumps to first, and that's uh, firearms for emergency and survival (coughs) uh, situations. And uh, this, of course, is the part that Part of the uh, survival equation that most folks usually try and start with, because uh, it falls into their uh, into the the list of things that they're already uh, involved with, shooting and stuff like that, and and the fact that most folks think that their survival their survival plan is going to revolve around. Now we've discussed uh, earlier on in the in this series. Now that uh, that's not a good idea. You know your in truth your survival uh, and preparedness plan uh, should be a, a multifaceted plan that covers uh, at a minimum the five things that you'll need uh, to get you through in survival situations. That is uh, water, food, shelter security, and energy. And firearms is just one part of the equation. Now, granted, it it may be at some point the most important part of the equation. You know, certainly if you're encountered, if you've encountered a uh, band of uh, axe-wielding zombies and uh, you don't have a firearm, you're probably going to be in trouble. On the other hand, uh, if you're loaded down for bear uh, on day one, you're ready to go with, uh, with with every firearm you can imagine, many guns, and everything else, and uh, you don't have a drop of water to drink, you're going to be in just as serious a situation, right? So while firearms are an important part of the equation, it can't be your whole plan. But let's discuss the firearms part tonight. And uh, before we get started, I want to give folks a chance to uh, to call in and thank their local crew members. Uh, like we do every week on the show, you can call in and and thank your local crew members for the the work that they do in volunteering uh and putting on the Apple seed project rifle marksmanship uh weekends all across the nation uh at a location within reasonable driving distance of you. It's going to be an apple seed two day rifle marksmanship clinic and uh and we're going to discuss this also in a minute, but uh, more important in almost any situation, whether it be a survival at the end of the world or uh, encounter uh, uh, in a parking lot or anything else, as far as firearms are concerned, is going to be your ability to use that firearm. So you're going to need to have, uh, you're going to need to get experience and training in the you farm. And one of the places that you can do that is going to be an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship uh, client. And uh, this will give you two days. Uh, it's a it's a rock-solid two-day course in the fundamentals of rifle marksmanship, And because it's a nationwide nonprofit organization, you're going to get those two days uh, of instruction, at uh at the least expensive uh, price that you can find anywhere. It's only going to be seventy bucks for two days of rifle marksmanship construction. <clears throat> and whether you are whether you're trying to put a squirrel in your dinner pot or you're trying to beat back the, the hordes of zombies attacking you at the end of the world. One of the most important parts uh, of the relationship between you and your firearm is going to be: Can you make the shot? Because having uh, having a rifle and, uh, and a million rounds of ammunition doesn't do you no good if you cannot make the the projectiles, of bullets, go where you want them to go. You have to you have to be able to make the shot for it to matter. Now, granted, you may uh, you may be able to uh, Dissuade some attackers by, by firing the rifle in the air, or shooting it around them, and making it, uh, you know, ricochet off the wall or the ground or something, and and make them decide that there's uh, some easier prey somewhere or something like that. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to be able to scare a squirrel into your pot, and uh, and you're not going to be able to do what needs to be done if you can't make the shot. And that's one of the things that Applesey does, is we're going to show you, we're going to teach you the fundamentals of making the shot. We're going to teach you uh, about sling use, about these uh, different positions that uh, you may be required to shoot in, These six steps to find the shot. We're going to teach you about the talking targets and what you should be doing at the range uh, whenever you go there to to practice, you know, on the times that you go to the range and to to practice with your firearms, how you, what, you should be trying, what you should be doing, what you should be achieving, what you should be learning from your targets. Because every time you go to the range, you should never leave the range, never come back from the target line without uh, a wealth of, am, of uh, information from the shots you just fired. all right, so We're going to teach you how to, to talk target ease. We're going to teach you about inches, minutes, and clicks, how to pertain to your rifle, your rifle sights, your scopes all the knobs and bells and whistles on the rifle, what they mean, and, and we're also going to teach you to sight in your rifle correctly. <clears throat> and all of this in two days, and on top of that, we're going to talk to you about the beginning of our nation. What happened at the beginning of our nation on April 19th, 1775? Who was there? What they did? Why they did it? What the founder's vision for our nation was? Are we holding true to that vision? Are we doing... The things today that we should be doing to ensure that we are safeguarding the freedoms and liberties that we enjoy by virtue of living in this nation. You know, are we? We're going to try and get you to think about the things that you can do to be a part of the solution. So if you'd like to figure out how you can get started and how you can go to uh, an Apathy Rifle Marksmanship event, you can go to rwva.org org. and uh, that's the home page. On the top of the page you'll see a list of tabs across the top. second from the left says Appleseed. You click on the Appleseed tab. That'll give you a drop-down menu. On the drop-down menu, select Schedule. Once you've done that, you take a look at the uh, state where you'd like to attend an event. Click on that and it'll give you a listing of the states, of the uh, events in the state that you can go to. So pick out uh, Pick out an event and attend it because like with with any any tool that you would use, and a firearm is going to be a tool, any tool that you would use, the tool is almost worthless if you don't know how to use it. Uh if you go to the store and you buy a chainsaw and a tree falls in the front yard and uh and you have no idea how to start it or how to run it or how to get the blade on or off or, or any of that. It's it's not going to be doing you any good. Somebody may come along and you can ask them if they know how to use it and uh, they can do it for you, but uh, that's not going to work if somebody doesn't come along, right? It's the same thing with your firearm. You need to know how to use your firearm. You need to know how to make the shot. We're going to teach you that at an apple seed rifle marksmanship clinic. So slide one. Pick it and go to it, and uh, and we'd like to hear from uh, the folks who are involved in Appleseed. We'd like to hear from them uh, about either upcoming events or about uh, events that have just occurred. If they'd like to talk about that, or if they'd like to tell some of their local crew members thanks, and we'd like to hear about that too. You can call in at three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero and uh let us know <clears throat> excuse me let us know uh about the good work that's being done uh, by the volunteer crew in your area because uh even though everyone uh, everyone on board is uh is a volunteer and uh and nobody's getting paid for this, we still want folks we still want to tell folks how important it is that they are donating their time and effort to the program. <clears throat> All right, so give us a call at three four seven three zero eight eight seven Nine zero, and you can call it, You can call in any time during the show uh, if you want to call and thank somebody. And you can also you're welcome to call in. I certainly would like for folks to call in tonight and uh, and voice their opinions on the firearms uh, that they would uh, select or that they would recommend for emergency or survival situations. In part of the the reason I do the show live. Uh, and uh and I have the however many is fifty phone lines and so that uh it's so that folks can uh, call in and uh and give their opinions and stuff so be sure and uh be sure and take advantage of that, be sure and call in and uh, let us know what what you think or what you think uh what your opinions are on uh selections for emergency and survival situations for firearms.
2: Alright. That was me trying to
0: type and to uh, talk at the same time. All right, which I'm not that great at. It. <clears throat> okay, so you can call in at any point three to one, doesn't matter. And uh I'll keep checking the switchboard and uh you can let uh, uh Sam know if uh if you want to come with the air and I'd like to so Sam, welcome back. Thanks. I know you've been out uh, for the last couple of weeks taking care of his wife who was uh, injured recently and uh, he said that she's doing much better and that uh, she'll actually be, will be able to bring her home from the hospital uh, this coming week. So we certainly appreciate that. Uh, Sam, I know a lot of folks have been, uh, have been seeing their well wishes and their prayers uh, because I know I sure have. I'm really glad that Mrs. Uh, C.M.D. is going to be back home. Okay. Well, I thank uh, you
3: and them both, Scalp.
0: Well, be sure and tell her that uh, everybody here was was sitting there at best, and and we'll certainly be glad to see her back at home with you. Uh, I'll do that. Thank you. All righty. Okay. Well, let's just uh, jump right into it now. We're going to have... we're going to have uh, additional uh, information coming up in the next uh, couple of weeks about food. We've got uh, uh, a, a guest, uh, a very well-known guest. Matter of fact, I can't believe how much, uh, how many times she's been uh, on television and radio interviews and stuff. She's she's devoted a great deal of time to it. She's actually a fantastic, uh, a wealth of information on uh, gardening, food prep and uh, stuff like that, and uh, she really doesn't just talk the talk. She walks the walk. She does a lot of great work on that. We'll also be having folks on there, and i tell you, they'll be talking to you about how, uh, how to prepare food for storage so that you can store the food, either the uh, excess that you have uh, from uh, gardening or the excess purchases that you make so that you can uh, properly store your food so that it will last. <clears throat> uh, so it'll be uh, you'll actually able to be able to use it as long-term, uh, storable food. <clears throat> but tonight we're going to talk about uh, firearms, and uh, like I said, this is uh, the 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 part of the survival uh, uh, plan that most folks jump to first. I told you guys plenty of times that uh, whenever I meet people and talk to them, they We start talking about uh, things like uh, shooting and self-reliance and prepping that uh, I'll ask them what their survival plan is. And they'll say, well, I've got uh, a uh, Ruger 10-22 and an AR-15 and a uh, 45 ACP uh, and a uh, Remington 870 and uh, blah, blah, blah. And I've got 1,000 rounds for each. And uh, that's my plan. That's my survival plan. And, uh, and we just talked a few minutes ago about how that uh that's not that great uh, as far as being a total plan but it's the part that everybody jumps to you know because it's the part that most folks feel the most comfortable with and they understand uh the the best and uh so let's go ahead and uh, start talking about this and the the type of firearm uh, that's going to that's going to be used for a survival or, or emergency situation it is going to depend a lot uh, upon you and what you select and what your situation is, because there is no perfect uh, firearm or perfect. Set of firearms that are going to work for everybody for every situation, so one of the first things you're going to have to do is sit down and figure out what your situation is what do you what is your current situation what is your plan uh, for any possible upcoming emergencies and remember that uh, that your plan uh, may change based upon your current or your uh future situations that are coming. <clears throat> if you uh if you are living in the city, especially if it's a city like New York or something like that, uh, your survival a uh, firearm may that may be a tough thing to figure out. I don't know that they even allow that many uh many Firearms to be kept in the city. I don't think you allow any kept uh, under certain circumstances. <clears throat> uh, if you live in Alaska, uh, then uh, then your situation is uh, uh, certainly going to be different there too. Because uh, if you live in Alaska, and uh, and you're going to have to have to uh, Select one firearm to take with you to uh, if you're going somewhere or something. Then uh, a Ruger 1022 may not be the best idea for that because you may uh, encounter a grizzly bear. Uh, so a lot of a lot of the decisions that you're going to make is going to have to be based on your situation, What's your current situation, or what are you getting ready to do, or where you getting ready to go, and let's talk about the uh and there's also uh budget considerations that have to come into consideration too budget considerations and then your your plan uh on for emergency and survival situations if you're and and what uh what your response is gonna be to some uh if it's a situation where you have to you have to leave wherever you are on foot. Even if you have a, a a wide range of selection of firearms, you're going to have to end up just selecting one or two But you're not going to be able to take uh, all of your firearms with you. Uh, so a lot of this is going to depend, or if, you're, if you've decided you're going to, your your survival plan is going to be to bug out. Uh, you're not going to be able to take a whole bunch of firearms with you. So what what is going to be the best one there's going to have to be a combination, uh, there's going to be a decision made uh, based on the combination of factors that are affecting you. Uh, for folks that are just starting out, this is going to be another uh, another range of things that they would have to consider. If you don't have a uh, a large budget, Then, uh, or you don't you you don't have uh, a lot of knowledge on firearms, then you're going to start off slow with just uh, probably with just one basic purchase uh, to get you started, and uh, and go from there. And if you did, if you can only purchase uh, one firearm that uh, is going to have to support you in your survival or emergency situation, then what is that going to be? All right, so remember, I want you guys to be sure and call in too on this because uh, uh, I'm sure a lot of you guys have uh, are itching to uh, to get your uh, opinions out. So be sure and call in, 347-3088. Seven nine zero. Now, and the things I'm telling you, I want you to make sure you understand too that that the things that you hear from folks, uh, any advice you get is going to be just that. It's going to be advice. There, there's nobody that uh, you should be listening to that you should be uh, that you should be taking as uh, their word or their advice as uh, as the law of the land. You should be doing your own research, and you should be applying it to your own specific situation in order to get the best uh, possible answer you can for this. <clears throat> now, if you live in a uh, – if you live rurally and your plan is going to be on uh, on remaining in place in, a, in the case of some type of uh, – emergency or survival situation. You have a lot more options uh, because you can uh you can uh, acquire a a varied selection of firearms uh, that you can use for different purposes. You're not gonna to have to you're not going to have to carry them around, you're not gonna to have to get mobile with them or anything like that. And uh and you can uh, you can have a uh, you know a wide variety of firearms for for different needs, and that's one of the first things that you should be thinking about whenever you're getting a firearm. That's versatility, uh, because no matter what no matter what you get or what your situation is, uh, you still need to be trying to make sure that the firearm that you pick is is as as versatile as as possible, because the uh, the more uh, specific use it gets, more that you're limited uh, on the uh, on the things that you can do with it, right? Uh, and then uh, the second thing you should be thinking about is the re- reliability. Uh, I would also add that to the ease of use. Uh, simplicity and reliability of the firearm, because there are a lot of uh, firearms and a lot of new firearms that are out there too that uh, that look really good, and it looks like some great ideas. I've seen several new uh, uh, firearms out, some uh, stuff by like Keltec and stuff like that that uh, they look pretty promising, but I but they haven't been around long enough for folks to uh, to have uh, gotten a lot of feedback on them because. Your firearm needs to be a reliable firearm. It needs to go bang every time that you want it to, and uh, so that's a uh, uh, another uh, major consideration. Because there are things that you do with, uh, as far as on versatility, there are things that you do with uh, with your firearms that can range all the way from uh, from trying to shoot a squirrel. Uh, to protecting, uh, to protecting your home, uh, from looters or robbers or something like that. And, uh, and you need to be, your, your firearm needs to be versatile enough, uh, to handle, uh, all of those different possibilities. <clears throat> okay, if, uh, if you're living rurally and you can you can have uh, several different types of firearms uh, another consideration that uh, that I would recommend is making sure that you have uh, firearms that that are of uh, uh I guess what you'd call a common caliber uh, that's because if you have uh and I used to collect uh, different obscure antique firearms, which is which is great, and I still enjoy, uh, I still own quite a few, and I still enjoy looking at them and stuff like that. But uh, if I were going to have to get ammunition for them uh, in an emergency or survival type situation, it'd be awfully hard to do so because the calibers are obscure, and uh, and you don't want to have to worry about. Uh, trying to find some uh, some obscure type ammunition uh, when the ammunition starts to dry up for a home uh I would recommend uh, it's to start off with uh, a simple set uh, starting off with a a 22 long rifle uh cartridge rifle and uh there are a lot of those that are available and you could you can get uh you can buy a nice cheap uh, rifle uh, at the pawn shop or, or online uh from anywhere from fifty bucks uh to several hundred bucks. And uh I would start off if you don't have any firearms, I would certainly think I, I would I would advise you to start off with either a twenty two or a uh, or a shotgun. To start off your uh your selection with and uh, the twenty two is good because it can uh it can shoot a squirrel, uh, you know, at it uh, fifty yards. It can uh uh it can you can even shoot uh, a deer with it. Uh, you may need to uh you may need to be uh, semi close and uh, be able to make a headshot with it. that's where Apple Seed will will help you out, getting you down to a, a four minute of art standard of accuracy with your rim fire rifle. But uh, the 22 cartridge, the 22 rifle is a—it's uh, a reliable caliber. Uh, the cartridges are inexpensive, or they will when the ammunition craziness settles back down. Uh, you can buy a lot of ammunition at a, a fairly reasonable price. And because the cartridge is a smaller cartridge, you can carry a lot of uh, ammunition uh you know on your person or in your pack uh without too much weight or too much space being taken up. You can carry a uh, about uh oh you can carry about uh four hundred rounds in the size uh, in the space it would take to carry a softball you carry four or five hundred rounds in the space it would take to carry a softball. And uh and at only a couple of pounds. And the uh the rifle is a as I said is a proven cartridge. You can take plenty of small game with it. If the need arose for you to uh defend your yourself or your family with a twenty two long rifle, you can look uh through the history books, and you can see that almost uh almost more fatalities have occurred with the twenty two long rifle than almost any other cartridge the only other the only other uh, uh the only one ahead of the twenty two is the thirty thirty cartridge uh the thirty thirty cartridges cartridge has killed more uh, uh more regular folks uh and certainly more Law enforcement officers than any other cartridge I mean, you know, that's the cartridge that goes in the old uh, uh lever action uh western style looking rifles the thirty thirty lever action but the twenty two long rifle cartridge has proven itself over and over again uh to have the ability to uh, to be used as a defensive type firearm. Now, is it the one that I would put at the top of the list when recommending a firearm for self-defense? Probably not, at least not for most folks. But I'm going to tell you, it's certainly going to work. And uh, I know a lot of people talk about it not having uh, stopping power and stuff like that. And we hear the same thing when when I'm... uh, when we're teaching classes out at uh, Babel Road, USA. That's our shooting company that we run here in DeVilla. Uh, one of the things that uh, that Mark does uh, during some of the courses is, or well, we're discussing stopping power and stuff like that, because a lot of people say you don't use anything over wear a caliber. One of the things we ask folks, or one of the things I ask them, is uh, to pick out the handgun that they would not be afraid for somebody to shoot them in the forehead with. And
4: uh, <laughs> there's never...
0: There's never anyone selected. Same thing with the 22 long rifle. Uh, if you don't think that it has any stopping power, then, uh, then you shouldn't mind being uh, popped a couple of times with it, right? Because the answer is that uh, it it can and it will stop uh, somebody from uh, from doing you bodily harm if that's one of, if that's something you have to use for. The most important thing that you know, I imagine that you'll have to use your your twenty-two rifle for is going to be providing uh, uh for additional uh food. And that's uh trying to get yourself a a rabbit or a squirrel or a pigeon or a dove or something like that that you can add to the pot. For doing that, it's absolutely perfect. <clears throat> uh, and like I said, there are many types uh of twenty twos that that you can get and uh and uh, and the majority of them uh, uh are very well uh are very well proven. The Ruger ten twenty two is one that uh, the Alpha C project has been using for a long time. And it's a great rifle, it's very versatile. Uh it has a lot of add-ons if that's something that you are interested in doing. There's plenty of stuff that the aftermarket stuff that you can get for it. And uh, uh and it is a uh a proven reliable rifle. Which I said is one of the things you're gonna to have to make sure that uh, that you're looking at when you're purchasing a rifle for survival or emergency purposes, and that is uh, versatility and reliability. The uh, next thing that I would recommend uh, for folks to purchase is a shotgun, Uh, some type of a shotgun that uh, can be used the same way for, uh, for getting game, Uh, that you can add to your pot or for self-defense situations. Now, if I were going to, if somebody were asking me uh, what type of a firearm would I use if I had to select just one uh, to take with me, it would probably end up being, uh, being a shotgun. It'd probably be something like the Remington 870 shotgun, and uh, that would probably be probably what I would what I would use if I could only have just one farm. And we'll get into into more discussion on that in just a minute. But uh, with the shotgun, uh, one of the things you can do, at least what I've done is uh, I purchased uh, some uh, uh, Mossberg 835s. And uh, the reason I did that is because uh the Mossberg have the eight thirty five model have the ability to uh to use any type of ammunition that uh that I could find in a closet or a drawer or in the glove box of somebody's vehicle. <clears throat> uh it'll fire everything from
4: uh from the little uh,
0: one inch or inch and a half shells uh, all the way out to the three-and-a-half-inch magnum shells.
4: Anything that
0: uh, will fire in the 12-gauge, the Mossberg thirty five will fire it. And uh, in addition to that, it has the system allows you to change out barrels very easily. And uh, I like that because I don't have to have uh, five different shotguns, you know, for different purposes. I
4: can have the one
0: shotgun, and I can have uh, – I've got three barrels – for each of the 835s, that allows me to to have an 18-inch factory barrel that I can use for self-defense uh, applications. That that the barrel is short enough that I can use it uh, indoors and stuff like that. It can move through the house or through hallways fairly easily. Uh, the The pattern opens up uh, fairly quickly and. Uh, uh, it's a good uh it's a good short barrel for the eight thirty five but then the barrels you can also get the uh, the longer the twenty eight inch uh barrels that you can use for uh duck or uh goose hunting uh and then there's a rifle barrel that you can use with slugs uh to uh to take down a larger game with and uh, that's just a one of the shotguns that I chose because, uh, like I said, I can buy the barrels fairly cheaply, uh, and I can switch out the barrels depending on what I want to do. If I want to shoot uh, some geese or some ducks, I can put on the uh, the longer uh, ported barrel. I can go and shoot, uh, uh, bring home some game with that, or I can use the the rifle slug barrel to uh, shoot deer at uh, 100, 150 yards. Uh, or I can use the, uh, shortened barrel for, uh, for home defense situations. Now you can, you can pick any type of, uh, shotgun that you, that you want. Now, I chose 12 gauge. Um it's something that I've been shooting for quite a while and, uh, I'm used to it. If you have, uh, other members of the home that, like females or children, you may want to get, uh, you may want to get them some uh, a smaller gauge uh, shotgun. You may want to get a 20 gauge or a 410. I've got 410 pump shotguns for the girls because I feel like that's, uh, for right now, that's a better option for them. There's a lot less recoil, uh, but yet there's still enough stopping power in it uh, that it could be used for defensive situations. Certainly it can be used to take uh, small games, squirrel and rabbit, stuff like that out in the field with no problem uh same thing with the 20 gauge you can uh you could use a 20 gauge which is just a little bit smaller gauge than the 12 <clears throat> and it has less uh recoil but still uh, uh easily adaptable to to take small game and four home defense situations uh, a lot of states uh don't allow folks to hunt with center fire rifles so a lot of people have shotguns that, uh, that they're using for hunting, you know, anyway. And, uh, the shotgun is a very versatile, uh, firearm it can be used for, uh, for a lot of different purposes. And I would highly recommend that you have a, uh, you have a shotgun in your selection of firearms. Along with that, you got to make sure that you have, uh, you know, a selection of ammunition that is uh that you've selected for, for whatever purpose you're going to be using. If you're going to be using the firearm for uh for defensive situations,
4: then you're gonna need
0: uh some buckshot or slugs. Uh if you're gonna be hunting, you're gonna need some type of a field shot, you know, a much smaller shot. <clears throat> now you can use the you can use the bird shot a smaller shot the uh six and a half seven seven and a half and eight shot uh you could certainly use that inside your home for self defense if need be we run uh uh a fighting shotgun course at battle road u s a and uh, I can tell you from looking at the steel targets once they've been hit with uh, several hundred rounds of bird shot at uh at 25 meters and they're all kind of uh, starting to concave because uh because of the effect of the lead shot on them that uh you're not you don't want to get hit with with bird shot within about 50 yards. All right? I don't care. I don't care how tough you are. It's it's going to make you cry. <clears throat> but you'll need to you'll need to have different types of ammunition because you're going to be shooting rabbits or squirrels uh you don't want to you don't want to try and use buckshot uh on the squirrels or the rabbits. There are a lot less pellets uh, in the pattern as it gets out to distance. Plus the ammunition is more expensive. All right. You'll need uh to have a various selection of ammunition to go along with the the shotguns.
4: Uh, the next thing is uh
0: center fire uh rifles. And this could be anything from uh from the twenty two caliber center fires uh all the way out to the to the fifty caliber rifles that they make uh, and once again, what you select is gonna need to, to to depend upon uh your skills and your situation because everybody's is different. But your skills and your situations are going to determine uh what center fire rifle that you select uh, to be part of your survival or emergency gear. I've got uh, some folks that have been holding for a while. So let me get uh let me get to them real quick and get them uh, uh get them on here so we can so they're not having to hold so long. Uh Hey, seven one five. You're on the air. Hey, this is uh, hey, Privateer. Privateer. Well, hey, how yes, are you sir. doing? Welcome to the show. Good.
5: Good to be here. Because you want to talk uh, about
0: a selection of firearms. So, what is, what do you got?
5: Yes, sir. Uh, I carry uh, uh, three hundred eight and uh, seven uh, sixty two by thirty nine, uh, two twenty three or five point five six simply because it's uh uh like a NATO round or a Warsaw Pact uh rounds. I I want to have something that the ammunition is going to be more available or at least somewhat available. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's certainly one of
0: the the considerations that I was talking about a little bit earlier in the show and that is right. Uh whatever you select uh you, you need to you need to think about the fact that you may have a hard time getting uh ammunition for. it. There may not uh, if something happens on a large enough scale, even a small scale, something happens on a small scale, it's going to be hard for uh, for stores to be resupplied with goods and stuff like that. And uh, if it's an obscure uh, caliber, then uh, then most of the stores are not going to have a whole lot of it on hand, just because they, there's not the uh, uh, the demand right. for it. Right. I want to be able so to pull Right once that's filled that, sells out, then you may not be able to get any more for a while so so thinking about uh keeping your selections in calibers that are uh that are considered common is a good idea and you mentioned uh you mentioned quite a few of them right there, and that is the uh the three oh eight caliber because that's a uh that is a caliber that the uh the military uses for their uh, squad automatic uh rifles and stuff like that. That uh, great number of hunters in the United States use, or is 308, the uh, 223 or 556. Same thing. It's become a, a fairly common uh, caliber for hunters, and then a lot of people who, uh, a lot of sportsmen, who shoot that now, and they and they uh, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: and they have uh, they've bought out all of the ammunition that's available in the U- U.S. So there's a good chance that uh, you may be able, to be able to find some of that, and then the uh, uh, 7.6239, You know, I found out that there's a lot more people that are using uh, that own AKs than I than I had previously thought. There's a lot of folks that who own AKs. You have one? Uh,
5: yeah, I uh, I talked to a couple of GIs come back from over in the sandbox, and uh, they say the most available ammo that Anybody you picked pick up, up off the street or the back of a deuce and a half or what was the 762 by 39 or the uh. the five five six. Um. just you know what what the local militia or the uh. uh the uh, blue hats or whatever were, were using at the time that 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 was the most available. Uh. there was no ever real shortage as opposed to the you know the oddball hunting calibers like a, uh. a wind mag or uh. You know, something along in that line. Uh, although, yeah, you know, well, you yeah to... that
0: that's going to be that's going to be you know pretty reasonable. Uh, that's going to be a pretty understandable fact for for the Middle East for overseas because that's the you know the caliber of choice over there. But in the United States, there's a lot of folks. There's a lot more folks than I thought that had uh, that, that now have. Uh, uh, ak 47s or AK47 variants and stuff like that, and our shooting the mm-hmm. 7.6239. so that's it's not going to be an uncommon caliber for you to find in the United States now either. Right, right,
5: and uh, you know just to have uh, the the simplicity of the the uh, Kalashnikov style, uh, you know, it, 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 the gun was built for uh, peasants, and you know, you, you, if you could put a Dog turn in it, it would fire. <laughs> the, yeah. the, you know, the the it's a it's a reliable, uh, simple uh, weapon. Uh, uh, you know, the tolerances aren't that close, but the the and the, the range isn't as great, but the knockdown power is there.
0: Right, yeah, that wouldn't be a it wouldn't, wouldn't be a bad uh, firearm to uh, for folks to have. Uh, you know, in their selection of firearms uh, for a situation like that. What about uh, what about uh, uh, other uh, firearms that you keep? You keep a uh, shotgun or a uh, rimfire rifle?
5: Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I've got my uh, my appleseed rifle, my twenty-two uh, Ruger uh, ten-twenty-two, and I, I've made some mods to it and uh, juiced it up a little bit and made it easier to clean and, and that kind of stuff, and, and that works well for small game and stuff and then uh, the the standard house protection uh, is the uh, 18 one inch barrel with a pistol grip. Uh, I've tried firing some 3 inch bags through it and I wouldn't be doing a lot of that. <laughs> you know in in a, in a 2 and 3 quarter uh with a bird shot that that's perfect for um you know in in the house uh type of protection. Uh sidearms uh again 22 uh, for I I carry some snake shot in a twenty two for any uh, pests or stuff around the house and then or, or I'm sorry around the yard or property and then uh,
0: uh, again. i again uh, hey, I wonder 40. what your house looked like after you've been shooting up inside with that <laughs> bird shot. Uh, that's, uh,
5: <laughs> I, I don't knock over many lamps with a short barrel shotgun or not, <laughs> or, or the, <laughs> the pistol, <laughs> but we uh, well very well air conditioned. I tell you.
0: Right uh, now, I, you say you've got a pistol grip shotgun that doesn't have a stock on it. Uh,
5: well, yeah, it's it's a it's a Mossberg uh, 500 ATP, and uh, it, that it came with that option where it had the short barrel, and then it had the uh, I think a 22 or 23 inch, but I don't remember exactly. But I've got the short barrel on it with the heat shield and the and the pistol grip, you know. For uh, that's uh, that's something that I I wouldn't
0: recommend. That may be something that works for you, but. I, I don't think I'd ever recommend uh, having a shotgun that didn't have a a a stock that you could put to your shoulder. I just wouldn't recommend that.
5: Right for the you know for the marksmanship value of it, it, it's it's basically uh, just a a point and shoot as opposed to a um, you
0: know accurate fire. um, Right. Right. And you may not you may need there may come a point when that's the that's a firearm that you have and you need to make uh, as accurate as possible of as, as a shot and you're going to you're going to uh uh you're not going to be allowed to to have that option so that I mean it's it, it I'm sure it can work in some situations I'm just saying I, I wouldn't recommend that you know for right uh, right for most I, I, I
5: I have the stocks for it and stuff I have several different barrels and that's the beauty of the Mossberg as well like your uh 870 you're uh, spoken of uh you can uh vary um where you want to go with it if i if i want to take it out in the field and shoot trap, i i, I put uh, i put a slug uh, smoothbore uh, slug barrel on it and i can shoot skeet with it or put the long right. barrel on it with the raised sights and shoot uh uh trap with it or uh birds you know it, it 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 varies and the versatility uh is what drew me to the weapon uh, and i right. i, I use we- you know the rifle shotgun uh this is my rifle. This is my gun. This is fighting. This is for fun. As you know, it, right. I learned that somewhere. I don't recall, but uh, just to uh, uh, you know, have something with the versatility uh, is really good.
0: Uh, right. And then right. Then, exactly. Then, uh, and that's what one of the points we wanted to get across is that, uh, is that in your selection, you should be thinking about uh, about having firearms that have. Uh, uh, as much versatility as possible, because you may absolutely, be you may end in a situation where you ha- where that firearm has to do uh, multiple tasks, and uh, it needs to be as versatile versatile as possible uh, uh, as it can to handle those. Well, listen, I'm gonna I've got a couple other callers I'm gonna take. I want to thank you for calling in, and uh, be sure and call in uh, next week too. We're gonna be talking about food then.
5: Roger that. Hey, thanks for doing what you're doing, Scott. I appreciate it. Hey,
0: no problem. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. <clears throat> uh, we got uh, we got uh, several other things that I want to go over real quick. Uh, the uh, the centerfire rifle we were talking about just a minute ago. Uh, that having a uh, and some of the points that. Uh, that he just brought up was it having a your firearms and your your rifles or pistols or shotguns et cetera in calibers that uh that are fairly common in order to make sure that you can get ammunition for them and uh and that means uh, selecting you know, you can if you're gonna have uh a, a a wide selection if you're gonna be uh at your home. And uh, that's going to be your location. And you want to have uh, one of your rifles to be a uh, 300 Winchester Magnum, and you want to buy, uh, you know, 500 uh, shells for that. And, and that's your option. You, know, you could do that, uh, but just remember that at the end of those 500, then uh, then it's a good there's a good chance that the that the rifle will turn into a club after that. You may not be able to get uh, any more ammunition for it, uh, but uh, if you have the uh, if you have the money and the and the space, and everything else, and you want to do that, then that's that's a perfectly viable option. Uh, if you don't, then I would recommend that uh, that for your centerfire rifle that you select something that has uh, a fairly common caliber, and that you may be able to uh, trade or barter for uh, additional information you know, as time goes along. Those are the calibers like are uh thirty out six, three oh eight, uh five five six or two twenty three, thirty thirty. Uh thirty thirty is one of the most common uh, rifles, uh in the United States. There's a good chance that you could uh go in even to a small town and you could dig through uh, some glove boxes and good chance you could find a box of thirty thirty uh, 30-30, uh Shells in somebody's glove box or in their in the drawer of their house uh not that I'm advocating that you that you start rifling through other people's private possessions to get it. I'm just saying that there's a good chance that you would find it uh because it is a common caliber uh, two forty three is another one that's fairly common uh but I would make sure that uh the that the rifle that I was selecting was a fairly uh common caliber <clears throat> uh, okay now the we can move on from there to uh, to handguns uh a lot of folks a lot of folks uh, have handguns and a lot of folks uh, uh consider handguns to be an important part of uh, their their firearm collection uh when you're talking about preparing for emergency or survival situations and uh, i think that's a good idea because uh, a handgun can be uh can be carried very easily or you if you're doing uh uh labor if you're out uh, working in the field or working uh, somewhere, and uh, uh, it, you can have the the handgun can stay on you. It can be uh, part of your your uh, everyday carry, part of your wear, and can be readily accessible uh, if you need it. And the handgun that you choose is going to depend uh, a lot on on you. And on your situation, <clears throat> the the smaller the caliber, the more ammunition you can carry for it. Uh, but the smaller the caliber, the the less stopping power, uh, actual stopping power it will have. So, and once again, whenever you're talking about uh, a uh, a handgun in a survival or emergency situation. Uh, one of the things that you want to think about too is having a common caliber that, uh, that you can easily find ammunition for. One of those, uh, any one of the, the cartridges such as the, uh, 22 rim fire, the, uh, 38, the 9 millimeter, the 40 caliber, or the 45 caliber, uh, are going to be the most common uh pistol cartridges uh three fifty seven magnum is a fairly common cartridge and uh if there's a if there's another thing uh that is good about the three fifty seven is that uh if you don't want to fire the high power cartridges the more expensive cartridges <laughs> and you can shoot the uh the regular thirty eight special uh cartridges in the three fifty seven uh i have a uh, 357 that I carry a, a lot of times, mainly in the winter, that I'll carry. It. I've got a, a, a pretty decent shoulder holster for it, and it's easier for me to get uh, inside my jacket usually than to get to my hip uh, for some of my other pistols, and uh, and uh, I can shoot the 357 cartridge out of it. Which is a very, uh, a very, uh, powerful cartridge. And, uh, or I can shoot the 38 Special out of it. And, uh, uh I like that. And the, uh, the revolver, the 357 38 Special, uh, cartridge in revolver is, uh, a pretty reliable cartridge. It's, uh, pretty accurate as long as you've got, uh, a, uh, a uh, decent uh, mid length or longer barrel and uh and good sights on it and uh <clears throat> and you have a, a double action or a single action option uh, options on it uh, which I would uh which I would recommend uh, for most pistols unless you're unless you're simply gonna be carrying the the pistol as uh, some type of uh defensive uh firearm uh, undercover and you're only gonna use it in close in situations i've got uh, a few of the the uh, thirty eight uh special uh pistols that have the the shorter barrels and that one's hammerless and they're in double action only and that's good for 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 closer end stuff i just wouldn't recommend it uh, uh for any longer shots <clears throat> but the twenty two the thirty eight the nine millimeter the thirty eight three fifty seven the forty caliber and the forty five are going to be uh, the most common cartridges that uh, that you can find and uh, and normally well i have most of those normally what i carry is the nine millimeter and a semi auto and i do that just because uh uh it is a good uh it's a good cartridge it has plenty of stopping power and uh because the cartridge is a bit smaller, it means that uh the magazine can hold more of them it can hold my the magazine on my Glock can hold uh seventeen rounds <clears throat> so each uh, magazine means I have an additional seventeen rounds and uh, uh I think that that's a good a good cartridge and uh and it's a fairly decent uh uh, stopping power and in a good uh, a good platform, which is the the Glock series of uh, pistols. <clears throat> uh, now, no matter what you decide to purchase or what you decide to uh, to use for your survival or emergency situation use firearm, as I was saying earlier, the most important thing that you can do uh, to make sure that it's going to work for you is to get experience and training with whatever it is that you're going to use. Uh, right now, you can still, even though it's hard to find ammunition, you can still go to the store and you can still purchase uh, ammunition, even though it's it's sometimes hard to find. You can still get it. You can still go to the range and shoot. You can still... Uh, uh, shoot the firearm without uh, without causing much of a ruckus. Uh, if you wait to try and uh, get any experience with your firearm until after you're in an emergency su- situation, you're going to have a problem uh, with, with getting ammunition to practice with. You're going to have a problem with uh, shooting that firearm a bunch of times and drawing attention to yourself. Uh, and having that firearm and having no experience with using it is going to be dangerous for you. So the most important thing you can do right now is go ahead and decide on a firearm that you're going to use, that you're going to uh, that you're going to plan to have as part of your survival or emergency situation firearms, and then get uh, experience and training with it now. Get experience and training with it now. See if it's the one that uh, is going to fit you, if it's going to be adequate for the purposes that you have in mind, and uh, if that particular firearm is going to be one that you can master and that you that you find has ease of function, that it is reliable. Uh, I know we have folks that come through the, uh, the Battle road USA pistol courses plenty of times, and a lot of folks, they've had this pistol forever, uh, but they've never really shot it and uh some of the firearms uh, even some of the higher quality firearms these sigs the berettas and stuff like that uh especially some of the older models, are they're fantastic uh handguns, but they're not great for folks that are just starting out shooting okay a lot of them uh a lot of them are semi complicated uh firearms and uh, I certainly wouldn't recommend them for somebody that was just starting out. They're beautiful, uh, they're reliable, but they, some of them are a little bit complicated. And it's something I just I wouldn't recommend, and the only way you're going to find out if something is working for you is to is to work with it. Uh, I would select uh, a firearm that uh, that fit your body style, if you are a, uh, if you have a smaller body doll, or if you have, uh, if you're a younger person or a, a female, then maybe uh, one of the big uh, 357s or the the 45 uh, Simeonos will give you a little bit bigger than what you feel comfortable with. I know plenty of kids and and women shoot these, so don't don't start yelling that uh, that you know people that do because I do too. <clears throat> That's not the point. The point I'm saying is is finding out what works specifically for you, all right? If you feel uncomfortable with it, then it doesn't matter what anybody else does. Nobody else could be, uh, you know, a uh, a top shot with that particular firearm. If it doesn't work for you, then it's no good for you. So find the one that works for you and then start getting uh, uh, experience shooting it and make sure that you understand how it works, how to do reloads, uh, how to fix... Uh, uh, Misfires or uh, failure to, to fire or or, uh, uh, or feeding problems and stuff like that, and uh, get experience with it now while you can still buy ammunition, and while shooting does not uh, create uh, undue or uh, unwanted uh, attention, and find out what's working for you. Find out what works for you because that's going to be the most important thing. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what works for me. Uh, it's going to mean the most important thing is going to be what works for you. <clears throat> now, if you looked at the uh, the photographs that I had on the show page, uh, there is a photograph of a flintlock rifle. There's a, a thirty caliber Pennsylvania uh, flintlock rifle, and I put that on there, because uh having some black powder firearms may be something that uh that you wanna think about doing to to add to your uh your possible firearms for emergency uh, or survival situations uh I remember watching a program uh many years ago, and uh, part of it was was talking about some of the rebels in the mountains of I believe either Peru or Chile. And uh, here come these uh this raggedy band of uh of rebels. I think it was like five or six uh, women and two or three guys and a couple of kids and they were they came marching out of the jungle onto uh, a little dirt road and uh, you know they were doing their best to, to march in military style, <clears throat> and as they came closer, you could—I was looking at the uh, at the firearms that they were had on their shoulders. Because that's, of course, what always attracts my attention. I want to see what they're doing, and I'm looking at it. and I, I started thinking, "Oh my gosh, is this? Am I seeing what I think I'm seeing?" Because they're—they've uh, got uh, what looks to me like front locks. and. That's exactly what they had, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, this is just, this is just, it's horrible. I mean, it's very sad because first of all, they they looked raggedy to begin with. Even if they would have had great, uh, you know, brand new AR-15s, they were still a raggedy bunch. But then to see them with uh, with flintlocks, I was thinking, this is just, this is just the the height of, of sadness and uh, and the epitome of uh, uh, of a bad situation but the more that they talked, the more that i realized that uh, they might actually have a, a little bit of they may have a little bit of something there because they were talking about how they uh they they were not able to get hold of any type of uh of ammunition or anything like that and uh with the flintlock rifles the only thing that they there these were smoothbore they weren't rifles the only the they were still able to manufacture gunpowder and then uh the, some of them were actually shooting uh, rocks you know they were combing through the stream beds and finding uh rocks that uh were the right shape and size for their uh for their smooth bores and that's what they were using and uh, they were actually uh they were actually uh, doing their job uh their job of rebelling and creating uh, uh problems for the government uh because uh even though they couldn't carry on any type of a prolonged battle uh they just set it up so that they could fire their one shot apiece at close range. And then they would disappear back into the jungles. That was it. They may only shoot uh, one person, or maybe they didn't hit anybody. But uh, but they were certainly uh, causing the government to have to expend a lot of time and energy uh, by deploying troops and uh, stuff like that. Now uh, they certainly got a, uh, the bad end of the stick quite a bit too, because uh, they could only fire that one round, and then uh, they had to take off. My point in, in all this is that that even if uh, even if you can no longer find any um, any regularly manufactured uh, cartridges, uh, you can certainly find uh, lead. You, know, you can get lead uh, just about anywhere. You can get it off the wheel weights. You can get it. Uh, uh, you can get it all over. The lead is one of the the metals that has been used quite extensively in manufacture. <clears throat> and you can uh, you can get a uh, flintlock rifle and a bullet mold, and uh, the rest of the stuff you can just about uh, make yourself. You can get the lead, you can uh, melt it, you can pour it into the bullet molds, and make you your projectile. And then you can uh, you can get your uh, uh, sulfur. Potassium uh, nitrate and charcoal, and you can make some form of uh, of gunpowder. Now I believe we've got somebody that uh, somebody on the line that wants to talk about primitive weapons. Uh, Jimmy, you there?
3: Hey, Ross. can you hear me?
0: Yeah, we got you. Yeah, okay.
3: So yeah, you yeah, want to
0: talk good. about uh, primitive weapons? What do you got?
3: Well, you know, you're talking about your squirrel hunting and rabbits and everything and talking about availability of ammunition. Uh, Remind folks that the good old slingshot, uh, the wrist rockets and stuff that they have now, uh, I like using those with either uh, forty-five caliber round balls from my bullet mold for my pistols uh you can also if you're really going after something bigger you can use 50 caliber round ball or even 58 and uh i've gotten pretty good at bird shot i've uh modified a couple of my pouches um different ones and sewn in a little bit of Vel- just a thin strip of velcro hook and fabric on them and uh set them up so i can load them with bird shot and uh actually taken some quail and dove with them uh so folks need to think about that thing is availability of parts again they use the uh, surgical tubing on those so folks might uh consider the sling as used in David and Goliath uh they're easily made i do recommend uh using the lead pouch i mean the uh, leather pouch on them I found in making mine and everything that cloth pouches, canvas pouches, things like that, just they don't work real well. And, uh, again, you can use stones or lead shot or anything else you want to use on them. And uh, a slight mod that I've done to one of my uh, wrist rockets is I've set a rest into it, and I actually can shoot arrows with it with some decent accuracy out to about uh thirty yards. So well, there you
0: go. That's something well, for people to I was gonna out. cover some of this uh I was gonna cover some of this stuff and and certainly uh certainly the slingshots and the slings and stuff of that uh are things that you could you could consider. Uh the only thing about that is it's going to take a pretty decent uh, amount of time and practice for you to get uh for you to get good with that. So, uh, that's uh Yeah, it does. Th- that's and, certainly uh, uh because there's a there's a pretty good learning curve on that. So you'd want to make sure that you are uh I I can see a situation where uh you know as the as the next generation comes up that you're teaching the uh you're teaching the kids to uh use the slingshots and slings and stuff like that and and they can be uh, they can be learning to master them, and uh, and become proficient in their use. Uh, I wouldn't, uh, I probably wouldn't advise that for uh, immediate use in a, a survival or emergency situation. Oh, but no, you can certainly no. learn to develop your skills like uh, with that. Now, on the other hand, uh, having a a good uh, bow and arrow is uh, right. something that I would certainly recommend because that uh you can you can develop the skills uh to be able to take game uh, fairly quickly in uh, with a uh, bow and arrow and uh, certainly bow- you could on. use it in a uh, self defense uh situation so having a, right. a a good bow and arrow wouldn't be uh would not be a bad idea on
3: the on the bow and arrow I might um Recommend now. I know the comp. I've got compounds uh, and other things like that, but recommend folks uh, seriously look at the old recurves and the longbows because if you ever break a string on a compound, restringing that thing can get real interesting. Uh, A recurve or a longbow, you can make a new string uh, out of uh, 550 cord. Or something like that. Yeah, it's a little bit large, but, it, you know, it sure does work. And uh, the the less complex it is, the better it is. And another thing with the recurve or the uh, the longbow is that if you run out of your eastern aluminum shafts and you blow up all of your graphite, you can still make wooden arrows for them that will shoot quite well. Uh, right. So, again... In in my thinking that I've been into for way too many years is I look at parts availability and replacement parts, and, uh, you know, so folks can kind of think on those lines. And then I've even gone as far as looking at some of the uh, Indian techniques, been making atlatls for a long time, and that's kind of a bow, an arrow without the bow, it's uh, right. A very long well,
0: these arrow. are it's all these are all good ideas for uh, for long term uh, uh, ideas and uh, well, the, and the it's, main thing it's I certainly going to gonna be good to, to what's that?
3: The main thing I wanted to bring it up is for people to start thinking. If they can start thinking now on stuff and at least researching it and playing with ideas, if it if God forbid it does happen to be a long-term situation. At least they're not troubled with the fact of trying to find information. They've already got a basic idea of the background.
0: Right, uh, right. That sounds good. Well, listen, said, thank you, Jimmy. Be- thanks for, for bringing this up, and thanks for letting us know. And uh, be sure and call in next week, too, uh, when we're talking about food again, okay?
3: I will, boss. All right. You take care, brother. Take care.
0: All right. Well that's some good ideas, but uh like I said, the uh the uh having the uh the David and Goliath sling, uh and the uh Adlatles and uh, spears and stuff like that, that's good ideas but uh whew, that's gonna be something that uh you know, that you're gonna be trying to teach your kids uh I guess to do. Makes me think of that movie, um uh, uh what the heck is the name of it, uh the uh the one with uh, Mel Gibson at the end of the uh, uh Mad Max. Yeah. The one where the uh that one kid has like a boomerang or something that he uh that he's throwing. I can see uh, you know, some of the kids in the, the next generation after the uh the zombies in the comments uh, using uh uh, boomerangs and bows and arrows and stuff like that, but I'm afraid that uh, if that's what uh, some of the folks in this generation are going to have to depend on, they're going to be they're going to be in uh, in for some bad uh, for some bad news. Uh, so let's get back to the uh, the um, the modern selection of uh, firearms and tools and equipment. We talked about the the rifles. And shotguns and handguns. Uh, as I said, the most important consideration is going to be you and your personal situation, what you are, what your situation is, where you live, uh, what your state laws are, stuff like that, and uh, and what you are, what you're looking for towards as far as possible situation. Let me bring up a, a, a note too on. Uh, on uh, when we're talking about laws and stuff, and the fact that <clears throat> that uh, if there is some type of uh, uh, some type of emergency situation or something uh, that goes on, and and folks are uh, indeed uh, having to use their farm for self-defense and stuff like that, depending on the the scale or the scope of it, uh, I'd be very careful before I started. Uh, taking a hacksaw to my shotguns and uh and sawing them off uh, below eighteen inches and stuff like that because uh the 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 end of the world type situation may end faster than you thought and you may be standing there uh doing your best to defend yourself or whatever and uh and then all of a sudden the law enforcement shows back up and now you're holding a class three firearm i don't know maybe you can get away maybe you won't uh, i'm just saying that i would i would certainly think about that before i manufactured any firearms or or altered any firearms or anything like that uh i would have that in the back of my mind the fact that uh that uh this thing may end and you may be uh you may be left uh, standing there holding an illegal firearm okay so just uh and I'm sure that won't matter if it's the end of the world and zombies and stuff like that. But it might matter if it's something like uh, Katrina or something like that, and uh, and uh, and somebody wants to make an example out of you. All right. So be aware that uh, that just because there is some type of emergency or survival situation, <clears throat> that uh, that as far as I know, that has never suspended any state or federal laws. So. So don't uh, start making bombs or machine guns and thinking that because uh, a hurricane came through and you're trying to defend your home that you can that you can manufacture a grenade or something and uh, that you won't get in trouble for it because you probably will they probably uh they'll probably be more than glad to prosecute you uh, if uh, if the thing ends and uh and they want to make uh, some examples so <clears throat> so uh, Sam says that, uh, that I'm taking all the fun out of a survival situation. Uh, and, uh, and I've got another guy here telling me that you can manufacture all the farms you want as long as the barrel length is good, and it's not full auto. And uh, you're probably right there, too. I'm just not going to tell people to do any of this. What I'm going to tell you instead is to make sure that you are aware of and that you're in compliance with, your state and federal laws. All right, that's the best information I can give you. Because, like I said, uh, if the if the survival or emergency ends all of a sudden, and uh, and our normal state is returned to us, and we're standing there with the uh, with some stuff that we've made, and uh, it's illegal, I'm sure that they would be more than happy. Uh, to prosecute you, to uh, to send the signal out to everybody. So uh, just be aware that uh, that that those laws are in existence and that uh, as far as I know, they've never been suspended for any reasons. All right, that being said, uh, you'll need to do whatever you think you need to do in order to survive. I don't know that cutting a shotgun barrel down past 18 inches is going to do you a whole lot of good, Uh so uh I would just recommend and, and I don't cut any shotgun barrels off. Uh, I buy the shotgun barrels that are uh that are the manufactured the ones that are manufactured and stamped at uh the eighteen inch at the legal length because I don't want to, uh I don't want to make a mistake in my measuring and I don't want somebody else to take a hacksaw to it and cut off, uh, you know, three fourths of an inch, and saying, "Hey, this is uh, the way we this is the way he had it in his uh, hand or in his car when we arrested him." Uh, I mean, I think that uh, if you have a, uh, a barrel that is uh, manufactured at uh, 18 inches, then I think you're doing a, you're doing a pretty good job there of uh, covering your bases. <clears throat> like I said, uh, below 18 inches. Uh, the the pattern starts to open up so rapidly it's it's not going to be that great for most situations other than uh, if you're going to get into a gunfight uh, in your automobile or something so make sure that you're paying attention uh, to the state and federal laws all right so we've covered the the firearms all right uh, I would recommend that uh, if you're just starting out that you get a 22 long rifle a rimfire rifle and I would recommend the a semi-auto, something like the Ruger 1022 or the uh, Marlon 795, something that is a proven uh, model and that is reliable, that uh, is a semi-automatic uh, uh, rimfire. And then uh, make sure that you have uh, extra magazines and parts to go with it. One of the things that uh, we talked about, but we didn't talk that much about, and that is uh, on your, the reliability of all your firearms. And I'm not going to be able to tell you, I'm not an expert on what parts go bad or things like that. What you're going to need to do is do some research on the firearms that you end up selecting.
4: Uh, if you have
0: a uh, 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 an AR-15, then you need to think about getting uh, some of the extra parts for it. You need to think about getting some of the uh, the pins, or some of the springs, or the uh, 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 the extractors, some of the extra parts for the parts of the rifle that seem to have a habit of wearing out or breaking. Because you've got a perfectly good uh, rifle on that, uh, so you've got that AR and the extractor breaks, which they are known to do. Then uh, and it's no longer that great of a rifle you fire around then you'll have to uh you'll have to stick a rod down the barrel and pop that one out before you can uh, chamber another one so make sure that you have parts on hand that uh, you can use to replace parts that are that are known or that are fairly common uh, to wear out or break and that's going to be the the case for each of your firearms uh, once you purchased a firearm or you or before you do it you can look and you can do some research on it and find out what parts of that firearm uh, are prone to failure or prone to wearing out, but make sure you have some extra parts of that. Uh, firing pins are known to go bad or to break, uh, so it's not a bad idea to have extra firing pins or extra uh, springs uh, for the different uh, the different firearms that you have, uh, extra little uh, pins that uh, might break or wear out or fall out deep. And it's going to be different for each each, uh, each different firearm that you use. So make sure that you research it, find out what parts are, are prone to failure or where, and then have on hand replacement parts for those. Because if you only have one rifle and it loses uh, a certain part that it needs to function, then you now you have no rifle. Okay? You just got a, a club. So make sure that uh, you check on uh And you plan on having spare parts for those rifles on those pistols <clears throat> uh, we talked about uh the shotguns now one thing about the 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 twenty two long rifle is that it is a it is versatile in uh its ability to be used for different things for small game for self defense stuff like that and then you can also uh you can also carry about a uh, hundred rounds. In the same space and weight that it takes to carry three or four rounds for the shotgun. Okay, so that's another thing uh, that you need to think about is the ammunition. That is how much uh, space and weight is it going to take uh, for what you're planning to do? If you're planning to stay in uh, and bug in instead of bug out, then it's going to be a little bit less of a consideration because you won't be able. To, you're not going to have to lug. Every single round that you're ever going to fire out of it with you, okay? You only need to be able. You only have to take what you need for that specific uh, that p- specific task at hand. If you're going to have to walk uh, 500 miles to uh, to your next location, then then maybe you need to think about uh, the amount of weight and how many rounds you can carry with you. Uh, I know that uh, on the the last uh, end of the world as we know it, zombie destruction run and gun that we ran in uh, uh, February. And listen, we're about to run another one, guys. Uh, October 12th of this year, uh, we're going to run another one. This is a four-and-a-half-mile looping trail with, uh, I believe we're have nine shooting stations this year, for rifle and pistol. And... Uh, Last at the the last run of gun, I think I took a a little over. I guess I took about 500 rounds total of 308 and 9 millimeter, and uh, that's a lot of weight. Okay, and it was just five and four and a half miles, but it's a lot of weight. Uh, if I was going to have to go 500 miles, mm. it's a, that's a long way to go with all that weight. Uh, if I had to, uh, I'd probably still do it because, uh, that's a, that's a rifle that I'm familiar with and I feel good about stuff like that. But, but it would be something that you'd want to consider. Uh, so like I said, your, the decision on the, the firearm that you use is going to depend on your situation. Now for you guys that want to see how your equipment does, uh, and see how it feels to carry X uh, pounds of weight and stuff like that. Uh, you guys are all welcome to attend the uh, the zombie destruction uh, running gun on October 12th. You can go to uh, uh, battleroadusa.com, and uh, that's our uh, our homepage there. And you can get signed up for the run. It's going to be 100 bucks uh, for the uh, for the event. But it's a fantastic way for you to figure out uh, how your gear does, uh, even though it's only four and a half miles. I'm telling you, you can very quickly tell if you're doing something wrong. If you've got your gear hooked up wrong or you're wearing it wrong, something like that, uh, you can quickly figure it out uh, when you're on a trail and you're trying to make tracks and you've got uh, too much weight on your belt or too much weight uh, uh, loading the wrong way in your backpack or something like that. This is a perfect way for you to uh, to figure out uh, some of the, the right and wrong things you're doing in a uh, non-end-of-the-world situation, all right? Before we get to the end of the world, best if we have a little bit of a practice or training in what we're going to be doing at the end of the world. And this is a good way to get it. You're going to be... Uh, gonna be may a beaten feet for four and a half miles. You're gonna come up on uh on nine different shooting stations. So you're gonna have a little bit of stress uh induced by physical labor and uh, you're gonna be doing some uh uh some precision shooting and some uh close in and some long distance shooting and uh, you're also gonna to be together with a great group of folks. Last year we had uh, about a hundred folks uh show up and uh uh, and it was a great group of folks, and we had a great time. Uh, and listen, it's not just uh, not just for you battle hardened uh, into the world types. Uh, I had my buddy up here, and he brought his two daughters along, and uh, they uh, all three of them just shared one rifle and pistol, and uh, they just calmly walked. Uh, and it took them forever. They calmly walked uh, the whole route. And then uh, each one of them just shared the, the rifle and the pistol. They had a great time doing it. And uh, it was him and his two younger daughters. And uh, we had uh, uh, several ladies that, uh, that shot in it, and they all had a great time. And a couple of them were not, uh, they weren't battle-hardened folks either. Uh, one of them was uh, a lady who'd come to an apple seed and uh, and she just started shooting at the Appleseed, and she heard about the uh, the zombie destruction running gun. She thought it'd be fun, and she did it. She went and bought herself a uh, a good AR rifle, and and she had a really great time. And so I want you to think that you have to be uh, some pro doing it. We designed the 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 whole setup, the whole running gun. Uh, 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 Mark Martinez and uh uh Bill Cronk, Chuck Leaming, myself. Uh we worked uh fairly hard on getting this thing set up. But we we also tried to make sure that it's not it was not so hardcore that uh that we were running people off. That's not our intent. Our intent is not to to try and see if you can be a, a delta or a special forces operator. Uh, we just want you to have some fun. We want to make it difficult enough that uh that it makes you sweat, and it makes you think, and uh, puts a little stress on you, but not so difficult that uh, that you can't do it, that it causes you to fail. All right, that's not that's not what we want to do. We want you to have a good time. We want you to be pushed and challenged, and to test yourself. Uh, and uh, I think we achieved that last year. I think we had everybody had a great time, and uh, almost everybody in the AARs that I read, almost everybody uh, was. Uh, they had a lot of good things to say about it and they almost almost every one of them said they're going to be back this year. So, uh, if that's the case, then uh, then I would advise you, if you want to come to go on over to uh, battleroadusa.com and get uh, registered because we're uh, we're only going to have 100 slots because one of the things we figured out is that's about all of the folks that we can handle. I mean, we'd like to have more, but that's about all that's about with the four of us uh and uh and daylight at that time, that's about all we're gonna be able to handle. So uh, make sure you go ahead head on over there now and get uh and get pre registered for it because once it hits hundred mark it just shuts down. We're using the Eventbrite system just like uh, Appleseed. And I've noticed uh, over the last uh, couple of weeks Uh, quite a few pre-regs, pre-registrations coming through. So uh, head on over to uh, BattleRoadUSA.com and get yourself pre-registered for for the event if you want to come. I know we're trying to find uh, some additional sponsors for this year. Last year we were pretty lucky. We had uh, really a lot of good stuff that uh, was donated uh, as prizes and stuff like that. And uh, I didn't put my name in the hat. I wish I would have now because uh, uh, there was a lot of good swag that was given out, a lot of ammunition and uh, uh, different kinds of gear and stuff like that. So so anyway, it was a great time, a lot of good food. We also provide a meal uh, with the event. Uh, And there was a lot of good uh, vendors on there, too. We had uh, Roughneck Firearms uh, was there, and they sold a ton of gear because even though it was after the craziness had started, they were still selling uh, uh, the gear at regular prices. Uh, Dustin, the owner there, he was still selling uh, the gear cheap. Everybody else, everywhere you look, you find the uh, 20-round AR-15 magazines, Colt magazines, uh, on sale for like fifty bucks. I think his were only twenty bucks or twenty five bucks, and uh, he'll begin. He'll be there again this year, <clears throat> and uh, 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 we had the folks from Tanner right there, and uh, we we had a great time. But anyway, that's that's part of what uh, of you'll what you'll need to do is get some experience in whatever firearm you decide. You're going to need to get some experience uh, in using it. Now, along with the firearms, I'm going to tell you there's uh, there's other things you need to think about too. There are uh, edge weapons and edge tools. Uh, almost everywhere I go, I have a Leatherman in my pocket because uh, you never know what you're going to what you're going to come up against uh, in the course of a day and uh, and having some type of a pocket knife or a fixed blade or some type of a folding tool
4: uh, is a
0: very important part of what you should be carrying on your body. Uh the uh the pistol or the shotgun or the rifle might fail, but it's very seldom that a that a knife blade will fail. Uh, your ability to use it may fail, but uh the uh the knives and their blades are usually pretty consistent, uh, and uh, and having a uh, some type of an edged weapon uh, or tool on you is going to be uh, very, in part, in very important. Part of your preparation. Uh, got another caller on here, uh, Warren. Warren, uh,
4: welcome to yeah. the show. Thanks, Scott. Hey, what do um, you got? I, I'm just saying that the um... The most powerful weapon is something that we all have, uh, provided you load it with uh, quality ammunition, and that's the human mind. It's got everything from the Constitution and nuclear weapons down to sticks and stones, uh, the ability to act individually or in groups. And uh, as long as you don't fill it up with rainbows, unicorns, and marshmallows, it it works pretty good.
0: Well, wait a minute. I like the marshmallows part, though. (laughs) Well, that's, uh, that's certainly the most important part of this, uh, of this whole thing. And we were talking about that a few weeks ago, but, uh, because the, the, the thing I was discussing was the most important, uh, factor in, uh, the determination of whether you're going to make it through, uh, to any situation is going to be you and your mind your mindset and then uh, your knowledge and your experience and how you decide to uh, uh, to act uh, so certainly your mind is going to be the more, most important uh, uh, tool or weapon uh, as the case may be uh, in any situation And uh, That's why you have to get as much experience And as much knowledge as you can When we were talking about this uh, A few weeks ago uh, What I was Telling folks Or, or asking them to think about it And that is That uh, Most folks don't want to think About uh, about Things like uh Preparing for emergency or survival situations because it's very disturbing, uh, and uh, it's the same reason that folks don't like to think—they uh, don't like to think about the things that we tell them at uh, apple seeds. They don't like to think about the fact that uh, that our nation uh, needs some maintenance because you know if you if you accept that as a fact, and that means then that you have you only have two options. Then one is is to uh deny it uh and do nothing, and the other is that if you accept it then you gotta do something you gotta plug yourself in and do something same thing with the uh, emergency survival situation if you if you accept that something like that could happen to you, then it's like okay, great, now I have to figure out what I will do in response to uh to some situation. Because if you don't accept it, or if you say nothing's ever going to happen, then you're okay. You can just you can go back
4: to the you can go back to the sitcom <laughs> on TV, and you can get another beer because it's never going to happen. You're never going to, have to worry. Pro- about it. Provided the power is working and your television's on, and your and your beer's still cold in that refrigerator. But right. well, well, usually you know you know that's the way it works. Usually isn't, isn't always it. it. Realizing that a situation is deteriorating is. Part of the problem and part of the solution was apple seed, um, but realizing in any any situation that you know a, a condition is deteriorating and danger is imminent is something uh, a lot of human minds aren't able to switch gears and say, okay, we're driving along the highway. Uh, gee, it's getting rainy. Uh, gee, we're on an inclined road and there's likely to be puddles at the bottom of it. Maybe I should back off the speed. Um, doesn't always happen. Um, no, you know, that's you why that, there are... You all see right. that over and over. You see the people yeah. that are still, uh, in the Katrina, uh,
0: that, uh, were on top of their house. Uh, and everybody's saying, well, what, what happened? Because you guys had, like, a real week of, uh, of people telling you that, uh, that it was, the floods were coming and, uh, and, and nobody, nobody left. And it's the same thing. You know, people <laughs> think that, uh... That it's not going to happen, you know, or they or they refuse to think about it, or you know, or maybe some of their situations uh, made it hard for them to do something about it. But but uh, accepting that uh, that it is a possibility, it's certainly a possibility that almost every one of us are going to face at some time or another. Now, I don't mean the end of the world or or zombies or the common apocalypse. I'm just saying that at some point or another, each and every one of us is going to face something like a power outage.
4: Or uh, uh, or a black Boked ice out. day
0: or snow I, or something. I,
4: I, Scout, I was I was sitting on on a boat in Hurricane Sandy, um, so you know, I, and there were there were days afterwards where things were rather interesting because you couldn't travel. There was no power to pump gas. When power was restored, there wasn't any gas. Uh, the bridges were closed. Uh, people couldn't get across uh, the East River if you needed to go to the rest of the country um you know so there was you know quite a bit of people that were ready for it um as we were um even on a boat were pretty much okay you know i was able to say um yeah okay we're fine and spend the week afterwards putting a friend of mine's business back into operation again um but um you know it's you have to you know pre-recognize that things can go wrong being prepared as you've been trying to put out to everybody for these past couple episodes um, is, is, is just common sense. Really? It's, it's not a large it's common it's just sense,
0: effort, but it's, it's common sense, but it's common sense that we that a great many of us have, have lost. It, it used to be a lot more, uh, a lot more common common sense. You know, if you talk to yeah. our, our grandparents and stuff like that, then and, uh, and that's told them, why they hey, had listen, the, the root cellar. You know, that yeah, was your got this that wild was your idea it, uh, that uh That that we're going to uh, we're going to keep uh, some food, enough food that we could that we can eat for uh, a week or two weeks in case something happens. And we're going to have some extra tools and clothes and stuff like that. You know, stored in case there's some type of a situation. What do you think about that? And they would just look at you and go, Oh my gosh. What, what has happened to these folks to them well
4: that they was expect a, instant gratification and instant rescue. <laughs> yeah. They, you know. they they expected to be able to take care of themselves
0: in the event that something happened. They weren't they didn't say somebody's gonna come and take care of me. They said, you know what? If something happens, I'm gonna be in a position to to provide care
4: uh for my family and uh and for my community if need be. Uh, uh how, does, is how far is we don't when you have that. family When you have family, um, you know, I had family that was in Florida in that hurricane that got, you know, ripped apart the Vehicle Assembly Building. Um, I forget the name of that one a couple years back. But my brother-in-law and I up in New York were able to be on site there in 24 hours. Now, the Red Cross didn't show up for another day and a half, which is two days after the hurricane passed. And the Corps of Engineers wasn't around until 10 days afterwards. Um, So, you know, people expect, you know, um, all kinds of services to immediately be available, and it's not. It's it's in in truly large things. And, of course, with government, you know, as today's episode is is demonstrating, you know, our first concern is security. Well, who's going to supply that? You know, um, local police are going to want to check on their families first, and they're probably prepped to be able, you know, because they are first responders, they they understand things can happen. So they're going to be saying, okay, good, I checked on you, you're doing okay, our stuff is secure. Um, you know, you hand uh, your spare pistol to your wife and say, okay, i got to go back to work. And um, in Hurricane Sandy, there was plenty of, of calls, uh, people calling into local radio stations. They were saying, please, send the police down here. We have people that are going through houses um they didn't have firearms you know just to sit out in, a, in the front of their street on the on a rock and trailer you could put an old guy out there with a rifle and that will keep the people that were cruising around looking for places and opportunities to do bad from doing bad you know that's that's just a well, um you know that's well, that's just a hey, our, you, our, you can't wait for that yeah according to our attorney general
0: we don't need firearms anyway cuz we have a duty to run uh if something <laughs> when happens, you have no place to run to
4: you yeah. don't have the gas to get it, get your car going <laughs> uh you know those things those things can uh can go out the window scout and 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 again well, I think that's Go well, ahead. that's certainly that's certainly
0: what started me one of the things that started me really thinking about it was uh i mean I'd always been uh i don't think I'd ever been far from the uh from the self reliance uh Attitude. So you were a Boy Scout. <laughs> uh, yeah, all the way. Yep, all the way from from day one, from back then. And I'd always thought about that, you know, and and always and always acted on it, be prepared. But I started thinking about it more and more, or got <laughs> brought home more, whenever the uh, the uh, uh, Katrina stuff was going on, because then we had Katrina, and then we had uh, uh, Rita, and we live really – we live out in the middle of nowhere and uh, we're already 30 minutes from uh you know from from any help on a good day and uh <laughs> yeah yeah and even though even though nobody supposedly nobody got out of town during Rita because all the highways and everything were shut down nobody got out of Houston these 7 million people stuck there uh, the highway in front of our house was like a was like a freeway and uh and I was thinking then I said you know uh if for some reason, if everybody got out of Houston or, or even if it was just like it was that day, if a bunch of these people just started deciding that, uh, that they needed uh, food or gas or whatever,
4: that well, they're, going to, be, they're going to be to in extreme time, show. Yeah. You
0: know, they decided to pick this time to come and take what I had, then nobody <laughs> was going to be able to help me. Nobody was, gonna, nobody was going to be able to get out here. They had, number one, they had... Uh, they probably had fifty other things that they were trying to take care of. And number two, they were just never going to get here in time. The road was clogged. So, if anything, if, if there was ever another situation like that, I said it's, it's going to be. It's going to depend entirely on myself and my family for our own security, our own sustenance. And I uh, met. And uh, kind of switched uh, switched the speed and the depth. Uh, of my preparation. So, uh, so that was certainly a, uh, an eye opener. Reality but does bite you hard, doesn't it? Oh no, yeah, definitely. I'm sure there are a lot of people that, uh, that went through it in different places. Uh, and, uh, I'm sure the folks that went through Andrew years ago, I'm sure you can look in probably in their, uh, uh oh, yeah. in their homes and, and stuff. And you can find a lot, uh, a lot, a lot higher level of preparation than you would, uh, and some of the folks uh, say in Kansas or something like that. But the reality is, is that is that each and every one of us are going to experience something.
2: And may, like yes.
0: it, it, it may not be the end of the world, but it's going to be something. So you need it's to It's the end of the world for you now. in that area. Yeah. Right. It's, a, it's usually a localized that, kind of a thing. Right. It may be the the end of the way that uh, that you're functioning for that day, uh, or that week, or month. Uh, or, or however long, but you're going to face something, and uh, and certainly the time to think about it, the time to prepare for it, uh, is not going to be during or after, which is the case with, in most events. You know, we're going through a a mini uh, a mini event here right now. Matter of fact, right before the show, up until the show start, right until the show started. Uh, I was working on our own mini disaster here, which is uh, one of my daughters, who now I'm calling Warhammer because of uh, (laughs) her ability for destruction, uh, uh, misstepped inside the pump shed and stepped on uh, a bunch of the pipes and snapped uh, the pipes from the, the well going into the house. And, uh, and it wasn't just a very simple break it got a little bit complicated cuz it broke several pipes uh and i didn't find that out until i made the initial repairs and then turned it back on and water was still spraying so we got the the water turned off here at the house and and it's been that way for several hours cuz i had to make uh i had to make a trip into town to get parts and stuff like that but uh that uh even just something like that will show you if you want to know how much you use the water in your house, turn the water off. Turn it off outside and then go through the day uh, without that because even while I've been sitting here doing the show, there's been uh, five or six times that people have come in and,
4: and turned the handle and nothing happened. And uh, <laughs> and nothing will happen until you get out and fix it. That's right. As soon
0: as, the show, as, soon as the, show, the show ends, I'll be back out there with the wrenches and the glue and the pipes and stuff trying to get the water back on so that – Everybody can take showers and baths at night, and they can flush the toilets and finish washing the dishes and stuff like that. But it's going to happen. It's going to happen uh, to you. And uh, like you said, the most important thing that you're going to use in all this is going to be your mind. And that is why I said at the beginning,
4: uh, you're the
0: the firearms that you decide to to use, if you decide, in fact, to uh, make the decision to you to own or use a firearm, the firearms that you, you decide to use are going to depend on you and your situation, your level of experience, and what you anticipate the need for them is going to be. So I can't tell you what the perfect one is. I can tell you what the, what I use, what other people use. I can tell you about uh, the the abilities of some firearms, but I can't tell you what you yourself are going to need. Right. You're going to have to sit down and do a realistic uh, uh, kind of plan and think about what you're going to need, what kind of firearm you think you're going to need, what situations you'll face, and then uh, what your abilities with the firearm is. Because if you, uh,
2: if you have no
0: experience with, uh, with a rifle, then then buying a a really nice rifle to have the ability to shoot a thousand yards, it, it makes is a nice ornament no on the wall because
2: yeah, you're not going to be able to do anything with that,
0: right? So you need to figure out what you're going to use, and then you need to get experience and training with it, all right? And listen, guys, that's going to put us uh, pretty close to the end of the show tonight. Warren, thanks for calling in, and uh, thanks sure for Next week we'll be talking about food, so call in next week, and. All right. uh... And uh, and be sure to go over to uh, BattleRoadUSA.com and get yourself pre-registered for the October uh, End of the World, as we know it, Zombie Destruction Running Gun, all right? Uh, I'm going to take a look while you're there, because we'll have also have classes in November uh, for combat carbine, precision rifle, and sniper, and then we're going to have a, a five-day squad school which will teach you stuff about the survival, patrolling, camouflage, stuff like that. All right? That's all at BattleRoadUSA.com. Okay, guys, thanks a lot uh, for listening tonight, and uh, be sure and tune in next week. We're going to have uh, the uh, uh, the show on food, and uh, we'll see you then. All right? Thanks, everybody. God bless. And uh, we'll see you next week.